0: Well, as we prepare our hearts and our minds to receive the word of God this morning, let's once again take the time to bow in a word of prayer. Gracious Father, we thank you uh, for your goodness to us today. Uh, You have given us life. You have given us the ability to move and to do. uh, And Father, we ask that you would help us to do so in a way that glorifies you today. As we sung, sometimes we are prone to wander, uh, prone to leave the God we love. Um, And that is when we desire things other than you. Um, We are thankful that you are faithful to us, even when we are prone to that. And that, as we also sung, we're never alone because you promised to be with us all the way until the end. That the Holy Spirit is the seal until the day of redemption. Uh, And sometimes we can feel lonely in life. But Father, um, when our focus is upon you, we realize that uh, we are never alone, uh, that we never need uh, bear these burdens that we find ourselves facing in life on our own, uh, that your Spirit is there to encourage us, to help us, to be our guide, uh, and to remind us of the truth uh, of your Word. And so, Father, as we do open up your Word this morning, we ask for your Spirit to do that great work in our hearts and our minds uh, and that would affect how we live, not only today, but for the rest of our lives. And we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, if you have your Bibles, go ahead and open up to Ephesians chapter 5. If you're not there already, um, we are going to be taking a look um, specifically at verse 16 and 17, um, but Kurt read verse 15 as well because it gives us our context as a complete thought, and I'll once again read that uh, as we begin our time this morning. It says, "'Look carefully, then, how to walk, not as unwise, but as wise, making the best use of the time, because the days are evil.' Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. You know, if we take and consider what the world thinks in relation to time, which is our subject this morning, the sermon's title is Time Management, but you know, we can look and see what man thinks. Back in 1973, uh, a song was written called Time by an artist named Pink Floyd. And it was about how quickly time can pass. And if you do the math, that was 50 years ago. So time does continue to pass quickly. Cher wrote a song saying that if I could turn back time, uh, hoping that she could redo some of the things that she found herself participating in. Uh, In the 80s, Huey Lewis and the News decided that they would like to go back in time. Uh, And it was a popular movie series uh, with Doc Brown creating a time machine. And then uh, one of my favorite songs listening on the radio when uh, growing up was uh, a song by Otis Redding, Doc of the Bay, and he's just wasting time sitting there. Uh, And then we have others like Jim Croce who wanted to put time in a bottle. And he said he never seemed to have enough time. And then Louis Armstrong said, we have all the time in the world. So all kinds of different looks at which man may perceive time. Um, There are times in our lives when we wish we could redo things. There is time where we wish we had more time. Um, I don't know that it seems the older I get, it seems like the week is shorter even though it's exactly the same amount of time every week. Uh, but before you know it, here we are again, once again, opening up the Word of God. If we look to the Scriptures, uh, we'll find from Ecclesiastes chapter 3, verse 1, for everything there is a season and a time for every matter under heaven. See, the thing is, we are bound by time. There's no escaping it. Uh, the only way that we will be outside of time is when God brings us home Uh, To experience eternal life and be with him in eternity. So as we take a look at this text this morning and we consider time itself, um, what should we do uh, in relation to the time that we have? Uh, Well, we can take a look at the scriptures here and see that it is important for us to redeem the time. Because our text says, making the best use of the time because the days are evil That phrase, making the best use of, uh, is actually a compound Greek word, Um, and your translation might actually translate it to redeem, Uh, and that's what it means, to redeem or to do something with intensity and urgency, or to take full advantage of every opportunity. So ask yourself the question, as we are challenged by our text this morning, do you take full advantage of every opportunity? And if so, for what purpose? Because that will define how you use your time. And if you're using it in a wise manner, 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 M-A, manner, not matter. This word is used uh, by Paul alone. It's a Pauline Greek word. Uh, As we know, he has quite a few that it only appears in uh, the book of Ephesians. Uh, but to get an idea of what this means, we can look at Galatians chapter 3, verse 13. It says, Christ redeemed us, that's the same Greek word, redeemed, from the curse of the law by becoming a curse for us. For it is written, cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree. Now, if you look a chapter later in Galatians chapter 4, verses 4 and 5, Paul uses that word once again. It says, By when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his Son, born of a woman, born under the law, To redeem those who are under the law, so that we might receive adoption as sons. So, that whole idea of redemption, and it is the same Greek word that lets us know that we've been redeemed from the curse of the law, is the same word utilized here in Ephesians, as well as Galatians chapter 4, verse 5, where it says, Conduct yourselves wisely toward outsiders, making the best use of the time. So we should be redeeming time, just like Christ redeemed us. Now, that seems like an awful high calling, doesn't it? I mean, Christ gave his all to redeem us. He gave his life to redeem us. And so Paul is using this word for us to see that we should redeem time, make the best use of it, seize every opportunity Do it with intensity, urgency. Take full advantage of every opportunity. Why? Well, the text says, because the days are evil. Now, this Greek word evil is used uh, over 70 times in the New Testament. It's a very common Greek word, and it means of a time full of peril to Christian faith and steadfastness. So, in other words, this evil is working against the faith that you have in Christ, This evil does not want you to understand and to see and to take in the blessings that are yours because of Christ. Instead, what it wants to do is it wants to rob you of time by having you feel anxious and have fear to think that you are alone, as we sung this morning. And we found out that we're not actually alone. But see, that's what evil does. It does everything contrary to what God is and what he stands for. Well, what does the Bible say about man's life? Well, we can see that uh, from Psalm 139 as well as Job chapter 14, that man's life is set. There's, There's no redo, there's no rewind, there's no record over. I might be showing my age there with tapes, CDs. But listen, Psalm 139.16 says, You saw, your eyes saw my unformed substance. In your book were written every one of them, the days that were formed for me, when as yet there were none of them. See, this speaks to the eternality of God. It speaks to God's uh, omniscience, that he knows everything. So even before there was one day, Even before you were born, God knew how many days you would have. It says in Job chapter 14, verse 5, it says, Since his days are determined, and the number of his months is with you, and you have appointed his limits that he cannot pass. See, we cannot pass the limits of our time here on earth. We cannot gain an extra second of life because our life comes from the ultimate life giver, who is God himself. And so just as he knew each one of those days before we were formed, even before there was one of them, he is also the one who says, this is how many days, this is how many hours, this is how many seconds you will be here on this planet. And for everyone that knows Jesus Christ, when that last second has been set on that clock, we will be translated from this earth, from this world, from these bodies, and be brought into the very presence of God. But for those that don't know Jesus Christ, when that last second, which you cannot elongate, you cannot add any days or months to your life, no matter what people may tell you, because God has set them. Now, you can improve the quality of those days of life that you have, but they are set amount of days, Hours, seconds. And if you don't know Christ and you, at that point, step over into eternity, into eternal death, there is no going back in time. There is no, I wish I could turn back time, because it'll be too late, because time will be no more. The scriptures also speak to the shortness of life. Listen to what it says in Psalm 103, 15 and 16. This says, as for man, his days are like grass. Well, take a look outside. The grass is starting to turn brown. It's had its season. And before long, you know, the leaves will be off the trees and the grass will be brown and ugly. And you will know winter is here. Because then it will be covered in white stuff. It says, it's like grass. He flourishes like a flower. Okay? Interesting thing is, is that flowers have a life expectancy. You know, Michelle in our house, you know, she we gave her a, an orchid for Mother's Day last year. And, you know, the orchid was beautiful for a very long time. And then all of a sudden, the flowers started to shrivel up and then fall off. Okay? There's a time frame. There's a limit to That flower's life, just as like there's a limit to man's days. It says, for the wind passes over it, and it is gone, and its place knows it no more. It ceases to be. Now, we put markers on graves to remind us of those who have lived with us. But the thing is, is we can't reverse time. We can't go back in time, even to spend one second with that individual. Now the hope that believers have is that once this earth, you know, and this life is done, everyone that we know that is part of the family of God, we will see them again one day. Even though time will cease. James chapter 4 says, "What is your life?" in verse 14, "For you are a mist that appears for a little time and then vanishes." A mist. There's a fog or a mist outside the doors this morning. Okay, that's going to disappear. Maybe the sun will pierce through it. Maybe it'll be cloudy the rest of the day, but that mist will disappear. We also can find from scriptures that there's a call for us to know the parameters or the limits of our existence. Listen to what it says in Psalm 39, verses 4 and 5. It says, "O Lord, make me know my end. Make me know my end. And what is the measure of my days? Let me know how fleeting I am. Behold, you have made my days a few hand breaths, and my lifetime is as nothing before you. Surely all mankind stands as a mere breath. Now saying there that our lifetime is as nothing before you, not that because it means nothing, but in relation to the eternal God of all, our life here on earth is almost as nothing. Psalm 90 sheds a little bit more light on that in verses 10 and 12. It says the years of our life are 70, or even by reason of strength, 80. Yet their span is but toil and trouble. They are soon gone, and we fly away. Verse 12 says, so teach us to number our days that we may get a heart of wisdom. And we just got done talking about wisdom last time. The way you get a heart of wisdom is understanding the length of your days. Not so you can sit there and painstakingly count every second down to the last one because we don't know how many days they are. The point being is that we need to be conscious of the fact that our time here on earth is limited. As a matter of fact, it may be shorter than you think because not everyone lives to 70 or with strength 80. Some die very young. Unexpected, You know, how many times have you heard, well, they unexpectedly died from a heart attack. Okay, that was not an accident. That was the end of their days. That was the span of life that God gave to them. And so the call here is, is to make sure that we number our days. Not so we can fret, not so we can be anxious, not so we have a countdown calendar like we do for New Year's. For the last few seconds to know that we ring in the new year. It's so that we can live productively and for the glory of God here on earth. So what are some ways to redeem the time for the glory of God? Because that really brings it down for every believer here this morning that's the ultimate question, because if we're being asked you know to be taught how to number our days, or if we are you know asked to make it known to us, then for what purpose is the question? Why does that benefit us to know that our life is short? Well, in a Our daily bread from November of 1992, so a few years ago, someone actually calculated how a typical lifespan of 70 years is spent. So just in case you're wondering, here's an estimate. You sleep for 23 years of those 70 years. You work 32.9%, or I'm sorry, 16 years you work. It would be nice if I actually read what I've got in my paper. So let's start over. You sleep for 23 years. You work for 16 years. You watch TV for 8 years. You eat 6 years. You travel 6 years. You uh, spend time in leisure for 4.5 years. You spend 4 years ill. You spent 2 years dressing. Now, I know for some of you that might be longer than two years, and for some of you, you don't even think twice, and you're out the door. But the interesting one is the one that's at the bottom. And I think this is why this should be the call for us to number our days and to know that uh, our days are a mere breadth and for us to know the the measure of them. Because it says religion, which I would assume is everything in relation to you know, what you live for spiritually is 0.5 years. That's six months. Six months out of 840 months, according to this article back in 1992. My guess is it's probably lower than that now. So how much time do you spend as a child of God, as a son or daughter of God, in fellowship with God, and living in light of who you are before God. Because it really shouldn't be just six months out of 840 months. Because you think about it, it's really not a whole lot of months. 840 doesn't seem like a lot. And the older you get, there's, there are a whole lot less of those months left. But see, the thing is, we're not guaranteed even a month from now. So what are ways we can redeem the time for the glory of God? Well, take a look at our text in Ephesians chapter 5. I'm just going to briefly read this because we're going to be diving into it next time. But look at verse 18. If you want to know how to redeem the time, it says, And do not get drunk with wine, for that is debauchery, but be filled with the Spirit. So being filled with the Spirit redeems time. It says, addressing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody to the Lord with your heart. So in other words, be a blessing to somebody else. Recall and mention the scriptures, because the scriptures are what make us wise unto salvation, but also help us in living our lives before God. And it should be a melody in our heart, because we love God. Verse 20, giving thanks always, always, always. Always, Let that sink in. Giving thanks always and for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ. So right here in our text, we can see multiple things that speak to ways we can redeem time. And do so for the glory of God. You know, another passage is 1 Timothy chapter 2, verses 1 to 3. It says, first of all, then I urge that supplications, prayers, intercessions, and thanksgivings be made for the people you like. No. It says for all people. As a matter of fact, it goes on in verse 2 to say for kings and all who are in high positions. So you should be offering up supplications, prayers, intercessions, and thanksgiving for the leadership of our country, whether you like what they're doing or not. See, there's not a stipulation here. We are supposed to do it because that's what God's children do. Because we realize that God is the one who sovereignly places people in the positions they are. He takes and puts kings in and he takes kings out. That we may lead a peaceful and quiet life, godly and dignified in every way. So in other words, we stand out in a culture that isn't dignified, a culture that is ungodly, a culture that is at war and doesn't understand what it means to be still and know God. Why? Verse 3, this is good and it is pleasing in the sight of God our Savior. See, it's good for us to live this way. It's good for us to redeem the time in such a way that we glorify God and do what God's will is instead of being foolish, as the text says. This is understanding what the will of God is. How about Titus 3.8? The saying is trustworthy, and I want you to insist on these things so that those who have believed in God, so in other words, every son and daughter here this morning... So that those who have believed in God may be careful, that Greek word there is only used in this, in this actual uh, verse in the whole New Testament, which means to exercise thought. So give exercising thought, careful thought, to devote themselves or devote yourself to good works. These things are excellent and profitable for people. So we should be devoted to the good works that God has prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. So what good works can you do to redeem your time? You know, what is the parameters by which you live your life? Maybe you spend more than 23 years sleeping. Or working more than 16 years of that 70. Or maybe more than 8 years watching TV. I'm sure that's a lot higher too because now there's all kinds of social media and cell phones because back in 92, the technology was beepers. So I had one for work. So how should this inform our lives? Because this is very practical. You know, How should we manage our time? Because you know what? All of us, all of us can manage time better. This is one of those things where I started looking at myself and saying, wow, where, where can I improve? Am I only spending time with God six months out of 840? See, there are countless things that will pull you in different directions vying for your time. It's a given because it's called life. And the thing is, is that life presents all kinds of, of potential obstacles, so what do I do with those obstacles? Do I bear them as burdens and walk around with those burdens and let them weigh me down so that my time is not managed well? Do I spend hours fearing what could be the, all the what-ifs of life? See. When we talk about time management, when we talk about utilizing and, and redeeming the time, it means making God's priorities our priorities. So as you look at your life, whose priorities do you live by? Do you live by your own set of priorities, the priorities that benefit you the most? Or do you see yourself living in light of who you are before God, and so therefore his priorities are first and foremost? This means being deliberate in how you invest God's time. Because you need to understand and see that that time is a gift from God. Whether you have the gift for 39 years of your life or you're at 80 and and every day scripturally is an extra day for you. What do you do with that time? Terry and Marsha's mom just celebrated 100 years. See, we don't know. It says, in each day, there are 24 hours, 1,440 minutes, 86,400 seconds, and every one of them is a precious gift from God. Time is something we feel we never have enough of, yet we give it away so easily. Someone once said, Time is free, but it's priceless. You can't own it, but you can use it. You can't keep it, but you can spend it. Once you've lost it, you can never get it back. See, when we understand that reality and then look at it in light of God's priorities, then God will show us and direct us in the ways in which we should invest in his kingdom, which is what God's priority is. His glory, his kingdom, not our glory or man's kingdom. So let me give you four things to consider in this investment in God's kingdom. And know this, because God gives to us generously, and remembering that time is a gift from God, a precious gift, that we should generously give back to God. So first, you need to acknowledge God. Proverbs 3, 6. You know know, know this section. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. Verse 6, in all your ways acknowledge him, and he will make straight your paths. So if you want to be a good steward of your time and not be meandering everywhere so that your path is straight, then acknowledge God in all your ways. That's the first and foremost, because if God is at the forefront, if God is at the focus, if God is the direction you are going, then his priorities will become your priorities and you won't meander left or right. You'll stay straight on the path because God will keep you on that path. Second, there's no guarantee of tomorrow. You know, Pastor Caden, a few weeks, or probably months, I guess, at this point, preached a sermon out of Luke chapter 12 about the rich fool. You remember, he had produced, well, he didn't produce, the land produced plentiful. Because the land was something that God gave and God produced. And what did he do in relation to that? And saying, God, thank you, let me, let me use this for your kingdom, for your glory. No, he tore down his barns and rebuilt new ones or had the the aspirations to do so. But we read in verses 20 and 21, but God said to him, fool, this night your soul is required of you. Now, did that, you know, if we see this as a parable, could this have been a real situation? Well, yes, it could. And if we look at it in light of what we know, so did this fool, this rich fool, all of a sudden have less days than God knew before the foundation of the world that he had appointed for him? No. But see, the principle is here, is that we don't know how many days we have. It says, this night your soul is required of you and the things that you have prepared, whose will they be? If we invest in God's kingdom, we know whose they will be. But if we invest in ourselves, and in our own existence, then it's up for grabs. The government may take it. Your, your family might fight over it and, and, and end up squandering it away on lawyers to try and get, you know, enough money to go out to McDonald's. You laugh, but people do that. So is the one who lays up treasure for himself and is not rich toward God. See, That parable is an example to us to make sure that we are good stewards of our time because we don't know if we even have tomorrow. Third, we are much closer to Christ's return. In Romans chapter 13, beginning in verse 11, it says, "'Besides this, you know the time that the hour has come for you to wake from sleep, for salvation is nearer to us than when we first believed.'" Here's that word walk again, showing activity, showing a forward direction. Remember, we're to walk in obedience, in humility, in separation, in love, in light, and in wisdom, as we found from Ephesians. And here in Romans, we're told to walk properly because Christ's return is closer than it was when this was penned. I don't know how many days we have, so redeem the time. And last do everything to the glory of God. It's a wonderful verse, 1 Corinthians 10:31. So whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do all to the glory of God. Whatever you do, everything that you do should be for the glory of God because you are now God's children. You're part of God's family. You are part of a kingdom not of this world. And you should live in light of that. See, it has never wasted time to spend time in God's word and prayer. It's never wasted time sharing the hope that is within you. It has never wasted time to spend time with other believers building each other up in this precious faith. It has never wasted time to spend time discipling or mentoring other believers. It has never wasted time to spend time resting and being still and knowing who God is. It has never wasted time to spend time volunteering at a crisis pregnancy center or a rescue mission or going on a missions trip to go see one of our missionaries and encourage them on the field. See, the thing is, when you make your priorities what God's priorities are, then you're not wasting time at all. Because you are living for the glory of God and not for the glory of yourself, hoping that you can go back in time or turn back time or put time in a bottle or think that you have all the time in the world because you don't. We have a limited amount of time. So, as it says in John 9, 4 and 5, we must work the works of Him who sent me while it is day. Night is coming. When no one can work, as long as I am in the world, I am the light of the world. This was Jesus speaking, and remember, he is not in the world anymore. He's at the right hand of the throne of God, waiting for the time at which he comes back to claim his church, to claim his bride, and to pronounce final judgment on all of mankind. So the question is, as Christ ambassador, which is who you are as a child of God, you need to remember that you are the light in darkness now. Because Jesus isn't here. He says, as long as I'm in the world, I am the light of the world. Well, now we're the light because we are indwelt by the Holy Spirit. And therefore, we are to let our light shine so that men can see them. See, we must work his works, and that's the very best way to manage your time, to be a good steward of time. Because remember, the days are evil. They are full of peril to the Christian life, to the Christian faith. And so what will you do since the days are evil? It says, don't be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. What is that will? Will that he be glorified in and through you each and every second of your day. No matter what you're doing, you can do everything to the glory of God, even sweeping a floor, cleaning a toilet, whatever you find yourself doing, because you can have a melody in your heart while you're doing those things. Would you rather not clean? Yeah. But if you're being a good steward of what God's given to you, you clean it. You take care of it. And you can do that to the glory of God, even if it's something you hate. Amen? Amen. Let's bow for a word of prayer. Father, we ask that you would help us to see how precious a gift time is. must confess sometimes I don't know where the time goes. And Father, I don't know how much time I have here on earth. I may have another second, another hour, month, year. I don't know. That's not mine to know. It's for you to know. What I am called to do is to live in light of who I am before you. That I make... My priorities, what I do each and every day, let them be what your priorities are. So, Father, I pray for each one here this morning because we can all step back and make an assessment in relation to what we can be doing better. Areas that we can be committing to you. Some small, some great. But, Father, every minute, every second that we give to you is an investment in your kingdom, an investment in giving you the glory in everything. And so, Father, may that be who we are. We pray these things in Jesus' name.